you know, we spend so many, so much time looking at what everybody else has, right? Oh, she got that role, or why did he get that? He's a, yeah, so we spend all this time. And I say, look, when you put your time and your energy and your focus into somebody else's career, that's exactly what you're doing. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And coming up in episode 211, we have part two of my interview with publicist to the stars, Steve Rohr. In part two, Steve and I continue the social media conversation. I ask when when is the right time to hire a publicist? And we start to breach the topic of the almighty ego and how to keep it in check. All that and a few listener questions coming up, so stick around. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com slash start. Trevor, I'm so upset. Why are you upset, AJ? Do, do, you, do you want to know why? That I want to was... know why, why you're upset. <laughs> what, what, what has you so upset with? There was like a setup, like setup, and then like beat, beat, beat. Okay, fine. What has you so upset, I, AJ? I didn't know if you were gonna like keep going or not. Um, I've been so excited to hear about your what you've been up to this past week with the uh, Climate Reality Leadership Core training. You, it all caught up with you, all the traveling and everything. And now you're sick and not like not really feeling well, and and it like you have a sore throat and you can't talk. So it's like. The worst possible timing. I mean, I get it. It's sort of ironic, but I'm like, I, I'm sitting here chomping at the bit because I want to ask you like all the questions in the world. Um, you get I, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was bummed too. I was like, man, I, I'm really excited to, you know, share it on the show. I know there are a lot of listeners that chipped in for my, my little, um, travel fund to get me there. And, and I'm, ex- I'm eager to, to, you know, talk about it, but um, I got this post-nasal drip thing going right now that actually makes every sound that comes out of my throat quite painful and stingy. So, um, yeah, rain, rain check on the climate update. So what's going on in your your world? Did you find, uh, a, find a place to live yet? No, maybe. I don't know. We put in an application today, so fingers crossed. Um, 
you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping, uh, it's in a, it's in a great location. It's totally in our budget. I was talking to Jasmine today. I was like, you know, I think we may have found the place that we can actually, uh, once we're established on both coasts, we could probably afford to hang on to, even if we were in New York, that prospect doesn't seem immortal. It seems within reach. So, um, you, you are like we'll the see. king, you're the, you're the king of living like in, in, uh, what's the word like in flux like you, you feel like feel like you're always in between situations and you're always thriving in them you know with with actors i feel like part of our job and this isn't always true and i don't think that it's always going to be true for me either but i feel like you know we tend to go where the work is yeah. you know go with the flow there's a you know <clears throat> steve says something very poignant about that in in this part of the interview today where he talks about you know, doors opening as opposed to kicking them down. Yeah, I really do. I feel that sometimes. I knew I wasn't going to make a, a ton of money working at UCLA, and I took it anyway because the opportunity was there. So, uh, but that's going well. The class is going well. The auditions have sort of slowed down, but the class is going really well. And um, I don't think I booked anything I went out on. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but it, you know, it's, it, that is what it is. And, um, I'm excited that I got to go in and, and book the office and meet the people that I met. And I'm excited to, you know, go back in for them again when something else that fits me comes up, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's an important, um, distinction to make that, you know, like the vast majority of the things we go out on or we're not going to book, but every audition is a chance to practice and get better at what we do. And really I heard somebody over, I heard somebody say once that our job is to audition like when we book the work, like that's kind of like a bonus, but our yeah. job is to audition. And I, my agent always encourages me to look at them as practice, no matter what it is, even if it's something I'm not interested in doing at all. He says, just go do the, go do the audition. I mean, obviously yeah. for all the other reasons, cause you never know who you'll meet and whatnot, but also because it's just great practice. It's one of the ways we can get better Yeah, at what we do, you know? Yeah, totally. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you, of course, by Rehearsal Pro. I have to check myself every time I do this now because it's changing. Yes, Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors, is coming, and you can be a part of it. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now and get in on the Indiegogo campaign. Put in your feature request, get the new version of Rehearsal at a discount, and exclusively for listeners of Inside Acting, if you back the campaign at $12, you get a copy of Rehearsal Pro at a 40% discount. Just use our link, rehearsal.pro slash IAP, click on the Contribute Now button and enter $12. Use that link, we'll keep track, and we'll all get to be a part creation of the next version of Rehearsal, Rehearsal Pro. Contribute now and make the app yours at rehearsal.pro slash IAP. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Yeah, I just was looking at the campaign page. They are just shy of seven grand uh, at, at this at, at the time of this recording and just under three weeks to go. So um, they could definitely use your help. And, and really, it is a very smart investment for your acting career. So yeah, rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Get some. So we have a question from Justin, who's a longtime listener, who who has written in uh, slash called into the podcast before. And uh, do you want to kind of um, summarize his his question here, AJ? 
Yeah, I kind of teed this up in the last episode, right, that we had a few listener questions. Um, let's see if I could summarize Justin's question. I mean, essentially he has one question, but there's a lot of – or two questions. There's a lot of stuff around that. The two questions are, uh, what are your suggestions on building an active, supportive production community, which I love, 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 love that question. Um, and then he also says, I was also curious when you guys go out for meetings, if you mentioned your podcast and a number of listeners to casting directors, et cetera, to show that you've already built an audience slash brand. So he, he's talking about essentially some minor market stuff, the people that he, you know, the community that he has in that minor market. And if we had any suggestions in building an active supportive production community, that was number one. And then this, uh, this really interesting, almost personal question about us mentioning the podcast in auditions. Trevor, have you have you ever mentioned the podcast in an audition? Not that I can recall. Uh, I may have if somebody asked me um, a question to which that would be a relevant response, but I, I, I never, ever lead with that because um, it just doesn't sit quite right with me. I mean, if it comes up, great, but but I, I don't use it as a, as a, you know, for better or worse, I don't use it as a, as a tool or a, or a, a quiver or an arrow in my quiver, as it were. Do you, have you? I, I haven't. And that's why I was so, I was almost surprised by the question because I couldn't believe that I hadn't, I guess, hmm. or that it hadn't, or that the question itself hadn't come up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. cause yeah, I don't remember ever doing it and I don't know. I mean, and, and to take the question one step further, I, I don't know that I ever would. Like I understand what Justin's talking about in terms of you know social a social media presence sometimes being important to people these days. But I mean, if it was somebody who was a guest or guest adjacent on a podcast, I might you know uh, bring it up, say, "Hey, I just met so and so because they were a guest on my podcast." But you're, I think, I think I'm I'm just agreeing with you, Trevin. It would have to be a very specific like uh, someone asking a, the question, the setup. Hmm, because I'm now thinking in, in the context of what Steve talked about in part one last week, which was, you know, how social media is a business and your online presence is, is as a business. And I'm thinking, well, gosh, maybe it would be smart to 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 um, really sort of speak up about the podcast and in situations where it could be possibly interpreted as a favorable, you know, a, a mark in the in the let's hire this guy column. But I, I'd have to really sit with that one because it it feels a little salesy to me just conceptually right off the bat. Yeah. I just don't think that I, th- I think there would have to be a context for yeah, it. Yeah. There would have to be a, a reason to, to do it because yeah, you're right. Otherwise it just comes across as like a, it, it's being forced into the conversation, social media, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, is for actors, a great opportunity to build relationships. And that's what the podcast itself does for us, for us. Not necessarily about it in an audition. That's not what's going to help us build a relationship. Uh, but if you know we were interested in a particular human, a cast or, or producer or, or director or somebody, and we said, you know, hey, we'd love for you to come on and talk about your experiences, then all of a sudden we have a relationship. But I, I do appreciate the spirit of what Justin is asking, which is, hey, here's this great sort of tool you have at your disposal to build a relationship, to you know, increase your um, value perception, as it were, right off the bat right. when you meet somebody. So right. there's something there. Uh, I just have to think about how to implement that in, in an authentic way and, cr- and proactively create the context for that. 
Um, so anyway, that's that's a great uh, question. And the, the the second chunk of it, the first chunk was really how can he create? <clears throat> excuse me, how can he create a community where he is in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, which he describes as pretty fragmented. Um, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he says he's listening to the podcast. He hears that we've got stuff going on with Miz and the Biz and the Tweet Up, and we've got all these, you know, the guys over at Inner Image and Rapid Reels, and we've got a great little community here of people that are very supportive and forward thinking, and who get that it's a team effort. And how can he create something similar in in that area? And I love this question because I think there's probably a lot of people all over the world listening that are wondering the same thing. How can I? you know, be a, um, a, a, I guess a leader, uh, in my community and creating the same kind of thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not putting that label on us. I'll let other people do that if they want to, but that's a great question. And I, I responded to this email very briefly and just said, uh, what we always say in the podcast. And I, I really do think this is kind of all you need to know. And that is come from a place of service come from a place of what can I be doing for you to make your journey, your life more interesting, more fun, easier? What do you need from me? Just ask and I will be there. Uh, however I can, however I can do, you know, however I can do that. So have a servant's heart. And I think that's where it starts and let that guide you. And I think in no time there will be a thriving community of people eager to, um, do what they can for you, return the favor, you know? I, uh, yeah, and the, the only thing I would add to that is something that is like, I think your grandma or something, Trevor, the, the uh, just begin advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, because the, mecha- the thing is, it's like, you can get <clears throat> really easily wrapped up in the mechanics of it. Like, oh, how can I make this happen mechanically? Like, do I start a Facebook group? Do I start an, uh, some other online community? Do I start posting stuff on, you know, boards around town, easy to get caught up in the mechanics of making it happen. But if you just start and you know what your vision is and you know what your intention is, the, the, the how of it doesn't matter. Like you'll, you'll figure that out. If your intention is clear and your vision is clear, like you're going to do whatever it takes to make it. And if it starts with you, awesome. Like how cool would that be if Justin, you were known as the person that started this production community in your market yeah totally and and it's been my experience just a little one more thing i'll just kind of toss in here it's been my experience that people really enjoy and this isn't a manipulative tactic it's just the way human beings work people really enjoy uh being sort of how can i put this proactively respected meaning if you approach them and right off the bat you come with it with an energy that says you are an expert in something i would love to learn from you Mm. Uh, that that goes a long way because that that is like validation the person didn't even ask for but really when it comes down to it we're all walking around with an invisible sign hanging around our necks that says appreciate me validate me you know make me feel important and uh, you know the more that we can do that every day and just pay it forward from an energetic standpoint and from a you know a, a verbal standpoint and and social standpoint I, I think the the faster community develops because i look around at our world and i don't see a lot of that happening i see a lot of fearful people there's a lot of distrust that's spread by the news and things like that in our our um, culture so let's be the change right <laughs> and yes. i think it, i think it's as simple as that and especially when you have 
sensitive people like artists and actors and filmmakers and sound designers and cinematographers, people who, who notice the details and the subtleties and things, a little, uh, contribution like that, a, a contribution of something that says you are an expert. I would love to learn from you. What can I do for you? That goes, a, that goes like doubly far, you know, cause they're already sensitive people <laughs> and it, it's also just a good thing to do, you know, to, as with yeah. everything, uh, and of that nature, you get back more than you than you um, spend, as it were. Uh, and, and speaking of the validation thing, uh, we get into a little bit of the ego mind in this part of, um, interview, um, the, of the interview with Steve. So talking about like what can happen if, you, or if and when you do experience success, what can happen to an actor who doesn't have the systems in place or the relationships more importantly in place to support them in remaining grounded and so i love what he has to say say about that in the interview today so maybe uh maybe that will also be inspiring to people looking to um not necessarily build community but keep uh the community grounded or keep yourself grounded while the community grows as well as you know just a bunch of other really cool stuff in this interview i i i can you tell I really like this interview? <laughs> Did I not talk about it enough in the first part? Enjoy part two of, uh, of Steve Orr, and we'll catch you all on the first about the social media thing that we would run out of time, but I do want to ask a couple. I just want to take one quick step back because you said something about like at one point your business had gotten to like 40, 50 clients with like seven people, seven publicists working underneath you and that it's not that anymore. Um, so sort of a two-part question. Has your business like grown and shrunk, grown and shrunk over time or have you gotten it to like a, a particular size? And then the second part of the question is, um, what in, ter- in terms of the running of the business itself, what has you go, okay, this is too much for the way I want to work? Well, I, I would never let it get beyond a certain point. When I am just overseeing accounts and you know, checking off boxes, it's not very enjoyable for me. Or supervising everybody. And that's just not very enjoyable for me at all. So I would naturally it would just it would just happen. It would just kind of well, not as natural as, as <laughs> maybe somebody people would like, but you know, you just sort of work things out. The last time I did it I helped one of my publicists start his own agency. I sponsored him to come from Canada, and he worked with me for several years. He did a great job, and so I helped him start his own agency. I'm all about that. I believe that there's plenty for everybody. I absolutely have no competition thing in my head at, at all. 
And and that's awesome. The, well, the caveat here is this, and what I always tell young actors is this: you know, we spend so many, so much time looking at what everybody else has, right? Oh, she got that role, or why did he get that? He's a yeah. So we spend all this time, and I say, look, when you put your time and your energy and your focus into somebody else's career, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. As simple as that. Yeah. And so I have never thought about the competition. It doesn't interest me. It, it never. It doesn't interest me at all. I've been very, very fortunate. So this past year, then, I was asked to be a publicist for the Oscars, as you mentioned in the introduction. And so, of course, that takes time. I also teach college. So I teach PR at Cal State Long Beach, and I teach public speaking and other communication classes. And... I have been shocked to discover that I <laughs> I now have two book deals, one a public speaking book and one on PR, which is confounding to me because I I'm a sprinter, AJ. I'm a sprinter. I physically I'm a sprinter. You know, after running across this studio, I will be exhausted, and but I will <laughs> run really fast. I'll make it. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> and I can write about 200 words, and then I'm exhausted. Right. And with our profession, of course, when you're pitching, you don't send a lot of information. You send three or four yeah, it's a, it's a quick sentences sprint. and, and yeah. it's a quick sprint. So when they said, now you have to produce these books, I, well, I hid in Australia for a few months and then they found me. But I, you know, it was, it was shocking to me. But, you know, the thing that I've always believed in is that, and I should probably believe in it more, is that you go through the doors that open. Mm. You know, we have this idea in our country, in our culture, that we need to kick open the door. We need to kick down that door, and then everything is going to be great. We need to kick down the door. I don't believe this at all. I believe that you go through the doors that open. Because when you kick down a door that was never supposed to be open for you in the first place, for this time, you end up on the other side of a door. And you have to figure out how you're going to come back. When we were talking about the beginning of my agency, that it just unfolded so dramatically and so almost ease with ease yeah those were doors that were just flying open whereas before when i was working as a producer i did okay i did all right but it wasn't that easy it didn't feel like the doors were opening it felt like i had to keep pushing open the doors mm -hmm. and that's when i knew go through the doors that open and so there are a lot of people in the business who they have a goal they have a goal they have some place they want to go and and this is what I, I tell my students, too, is that everybody has a rendezvous with destiny. What's a rendezvous? It's a meeting. You have a meeting. You've got some place to go. And all you have to do is keep moving. That's a secret. You keep moving. Now, you don't go through the doors that don't open because they're not meant to open. You just keep moving through. And if you do that, somehow you're going to find the right way to that meeting. So... You, you watch TV and you see these chefs, these television chefs. You see these interior designers. Well, the chefs didn't go to school to be on television. They went to be a pastry chef. They went to culinary school to learn how to make beef wellington. They did not go to be a host. The interior designers also did not do that. They went to learn how to craft something, how to make something more beautiful and architectural. That's why they went to school. They did not go to school to be on television. 
Now, if they had knocked at the door to television before they had gone to school, it was the wrong door at the wrong time. But somehow, the universe has worked for them that they were able to come back maybe to something they didn't even know they wanted or they needed or they would be wonderful at, but they went through the doors that open. They went through the doors that open for them and they were fine with that. I think that we get into a situation that I have myself where, <clears throat> gosh, we know what we want, right? And we know how we're going to get it and we've seen other people do it this way, so we're going to do it the same way. Well, eh, there, there are so many problems with that. You know, I've, I have many young actors who say, well, you know, I want, I want Meryl Streep's career. <laughs> and, and good luck. You know, You're she's, not Meryl Streep. Well, she's a nice lady, but she's not going to give you her career. She's, she's too busy doing it. Yeah. Right? Or they say, well, I want, you know, I want to be the next Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, really, because there already is a Jake Gyllenhaal. And he's already doing it why don't you just be what you're going to be? Right? I understand what they mean, that they want the kind of roles. Well, you can't be Jack Gyllenhaal. You can't be Meryl Streep. You can admire them. <laughs> yeah, when I say that, when I say you can't be Meryl Streep, it's not even, I'm not even referring to her career necessarily. I'm, necessarily. I'm saying you can't be her as a human because no, and, there's only one of her and, and there's only one of you. And there's only, well, Meryl Streep is, you know, she's like the heavens open up, everybody goes, oh, it's Meryl Streep. And there's a reason why. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's absolutely fantastic. And and she's the real deal. She's the real deal. Yeah. Um, okay, social media. I have, like, so many questions. I don't even know where to start. But I was inspired because um, the ghost host of the podcast, we refer to him sometimes as uh, Ben Whitehair and I, have been co-teaching or are co-teaching a class at UCLA this this uh, semester. And I know about that. Is that the digital class yes, that you're teaching? Yes, yes, yes. So it's... See? No, yeah, maybe I posted some stuff online. See? <clears throat> so um, uh, we're co-teaching this class and it's like a business and marketing class for actors. And we cover a lot of ground and uh, some of what we cover, a lot, actually a lot of what we cover is is social media. And one of the questions that came up in class the other day was... So fascinating, and I don't necessarily know uh, a, not that there's a perfect answer, but a place to start to answer this question. And I have the question myself. It was actually a student's question, but I have the question myself. So let's say I'm, you know, an actor who, you know, a young actor, either I'm just starting out or I've got a decent career, but it's not a career where I'm like paying for a, a publicist. That's another one of my questions, by the way, is like, when do you start? When do you, when do you actually? You can't afford me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Look at the bottom line. Yes, exactly. When do you, when, when do you, when do you decide that? <laughs> I, can't okay, even, I can't even afford me. It's time to pay. Yeah. It's time to start yeah. paying a, a publicist. But, um, you know, so, so you're running your, your business as an actor. And part of that, of course, has to do with the social media <clears throat> front, the social media representation of yourself, right? And so maybe in an effort to support you in staying in front of people's eyes and staying in people's minds, you use something like Hootsuite or some other like application mm -hmm. that allows you to, you know, post more than you would if you were like on your phone all the time because you want to go and you live your life mm -hmm. and I understand that. So you set up, you know, a week's worth of tweets at a time or something like that. 
right? So there's there's that sort of self man or self. I was going to say self management, but it is self management, but also mm-hmm. self publicity, right? And then there's you, or other publicists like you, or something. And I don't know what the figure is, but let's call it twenty thousand a year. I don't know what it is. That might be low. That might be high. But it's a lot of money for someone who's just starting out. Um, if you book, you know, five guest stars in a year, that's about how much you're going to make. So it's like, do you take all that and put it right back into your career? If you can afford it, sure, why not? But let's call it twenty, thirty thousand a year. Is there an in between? <laughs> is there like another step? Or and and so I guess then this does sort of go into that question. Uh, the other question I have, which is like, when do you decide that it's time to hire a publicist? Is there an in-between where I'm like completely 100% managing my publicity or paying, you know, whatever it costs per year to hire you or someone like you? Is there an in-between or is it really just like busting your ass until you get to that point where it's like, oh man, I just booked a feature film. I need to hire a publicist. But is there an in-between or do I need to book a feature film or a major television, you know, a recurring on a, or a, reg, a series regular on a, on a TV show before I go, uh, do, 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 hey, Steve, remember when we interviewed you for the podcast? Like, and then my assistant uh, will hand me the phone. Right. He'll put, he'll put his hand That's over the phone. That's called a callback. It's, it's punny, right? <clears throat> well, here's the really great thing about social media. The first amazing thing about social media is that you get to put out there whatever you want. That has some caveats to it, right? But what I mean well, yeah, by I that... I think you already spoke to a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. But what I mean by that is if you're an actor and you go and you shoot a great scene in a cable show and that scene gets cut, there's nothing you can do. If you are supporting in a big feature film... And most of your scenes get cut. There's nothing you can do. With social media, you control it. Do you need to take a moment, AJ? It sounds like that happened to no, you. No, no, it did. I feel it, like we hit a nerve. It did happen to me. I was pointing so at myself so uh, since, since this is an audio podcast. But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I had stuff I might cut. have a Kleenex here, but <laughs> it's it going to cost uh, you. It was actually my, was it my first feature or my second feature? I think it was my, my first feature. My first feature, yeah. They will okay. regret that someday. And no, in fact, when they release it on so. when they release it on VHS, they will reinsert that scene back in there. I'm sure of it. I'm Special sure. edition, just, like Star just Wars. Have faith. Just have faith. So <laughs> no, but I get it. So get it's, it. it's really wonderful. You get to create your own brand. You know, so there's there's that which is fantastic, and you don't really need a publicist right away. Of course, publicists in the studio system, everybody. You know, worked in the studio and you had to cap your teeth and you had to learn how to dance and change your name, right? With the advent of personal publicists, yes, of course, that was pretty rarefied air. It was tough because publicists are not cheap. They're not. For a reason. Because it's expertise, right? It's expertise. But now... Expertise and an investment. Because if you're supporting using fame as a tool, uh, if you're supporting and booking new jobs and booking more jobs, it's a a huge investment. So I get it. Right. Press begets press, which begets begets jobs, and it just keeps going. It's very biblical, but it's true. (laughs) It's absolutely true. And now with social media, we know that producers and casting directors are looking at social media. They're saying, how many Twitter followers does this person have? Right? Is that fair? I don't 
I don't have an answer to if that's fair or not. But if you are a filmmaker and you have $50,000 in your budget and you have two actors you're looking at, one doesn't have any kind of online presence at all, the other one has a zillion and one Twitter followers, and all things being equal, you don't have a marketing budget, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. comes down to that. And will you promote the film? Is there a time when it's right? Most people wait until it's too late. I'll tell you that. Because they're What's usually... Too late? Well, yeah, they're broke, <clears throat> and they get a little bit of money. They have to pay back whatever, and, and then they maybe overspend in other ways. Maybe they finally buy groceries, or you know, they buy a new car or something, and, and they try to splurge, and that's where they put their money. But, and they also think that they want to wait to see the show goes. Right, Or they think that, well, I'm not a big name and this movie is full of big names, right? So why would I get a publicist now? And so they wait too long. Shows get canceled all the time. Yeah. Right? So it is not about the show. It is about through the show. It is about through the show. Mm -hmm. It's not about the show. It's about through the show, especially when these people are 20 years old. What, they're going to stop working when they're 26? That's going to be it? No, it's about through the show. And it's also leverage for them. So I had a client who was a special guest star on a Fox show. And I sat down with her, and one of her goals was to be a series regular. And this was before the show aired. It had aired in the summer and it had not premiered. I said, okay. So we went to work for her. And by the end of the season, she was a series regular. Now, a couple of things. One, you show the show, right, that you are investing in them, that you are invested in the success of the show. Number two, if you start causing a lot of noise out there, on your own, they're going to see that as value to them. So they are more likely to give you more attention and love, which is exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. But it's also about creating a brand that's standalone. So should something go awry and the show goes away, there's something after it. Mm -hmm. You're not starting from scratch. You have something go happening, going on. If you are a supporting player in a major motion picture with A-list stars, which I have that situation right now with one of my clients, major stars, big-time director, well, we know that top of the call sheet, these people are going to be asked to do the press first. They are. Yeah. They're going to the press junket. Yeah. They're going to get the cover of GQ. My client will, if they're lucky, get some sort of dribblings down, right? But as a personal publicist, and you say, I don't really need the PR team. I do. I'm going to check in with them and say, hey, look, if the top three guys say no to something, send it my way. My guy will do it. And you put it on your activity sheet. I don't care. Make your bosses happy. We'll do this, right? But then I also have to go out on behalf of my client and find opportunities for him or for her, because they're not going to get the love in the studio. But the the film is huge. And being associated with these stars, to be aligned with these stars, is newsworthy. It's absolutely newsworthy. And so even if they have the smallest, tiniest part when the movie comes out, it doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter because all the press has been done. All the press has been done and not everybody sees the film. Yeah. 
and they have all this press that's living online, living online. And they're able to talk about their co-stars and really have a life beyond the movie. Yeah. It's always through the movie, through the show, always and always and always. And of course, I see actors who wait too long. They think, oh, let's just see if the show goes. Okay. If it doesn't go, where are you? The same place you were a year ago. Mm-hmm. But if you get a great publicist on board with you, you have something. You have some traction. You have something going on. Your agents and your managers can use that to send to casting directors. Casting directors can Google you and see, ah, somebody cares about this person. Hmm. Somebody cares about this person. This is very interesting, right? Because, look, press is, press is a commodity. It's a commodity. In terms of when you get a publicist, I have my own rules. I have come up with a, a few times that, that I think that you should get a publicist. One is if you get two important guest starring roles back-to-back. They're going to air back-to-back, perhaps on two different networks. One is could be a cable show, a really hot cable show. Yeah. The other is be, could be a big network show and maybe very diverse characters, right? Because then the press is worth it because you've got different things going on and yeah. you've got back-to-back. So you can hire publicists for a short term then. The other time is when you book a lead in a series, of course, right? Yeah. Not a pilot, not a pilot, but a series. Supporting player, absolutely. And if you are in a big movie with big stars and you're small, then you do it. If you are in a small film that is deemed important... Now, who, who knows if it's going to be important, but you have an important director or you have an actress in the cast that you know she just filmed The Hunger Games. So you know she's going to blow up, right? So that makes your film more important. So then you get a publicist on board, right? If you believe that the film is going to make the festival circuit, it's got that sort of cachet. That means you get to go to Toronto. That means you get to go to Sundance and do all the press. It means you get to walk the line. That means you get to be on a panel. That means you maybe could win an award. And, of course, it's hard to, to see all of that lining up. But you get better and better at it, right? Yeah. There has to be something to talk about. There has to be something to talk about. And the truth is, even if you got something smaller... You could still hire somebody to do your hometown press, which is where you start every time. You start with hometown girl or boy makes good. That's where you start. Hmm. That's where you start. And it, it is a, it, it's a wonderful thing. Hometown press is fantastic. I always tell my clients when they start doing press, I said, we're going to go back to Raleigh and we're going to do some press in Raleigh. And it's not for you, by the way. It's for your mama. We're doing hmm. the press for your mom. Right? We're doing it for your auntie. We're yeah. doing it for your fourth grade teacher. That's what we're doing it for. We're not doing it for you, so you might be able to get something great out of it, but we're doing it for your auntie to walk through the supermarket and feel like a star, a goddess. Right? That is the best feeling in the world for an actor. And you only get to feel it once. You only get to feel it once. I had a client who, oh gosh, he, he worked so hard to to get any kind of traction in Hollywood, many years. 
and it was near the end of his rope when he got a, a pretty great series regular role. And so he called home, as one does. You call your mom immediately, right? It doesn't matter who you are. I've seen it backstage at the Oscars. They call their mama. They, they're, they're on the phone, oh, right? Yeah. And, and they, they're, they're the 12-year-old kid. And then, of course, they pull themselves together into this grand actress, right? But when they're <laughs> on the phone, they're, mama. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? So he called into where his mom worked, and... They announced it over the loudspeaker. Isn't that fantastic? And so everybody knew that her son, her boy, made it in Hollywood. And there's... I cannot think of a better feeling for anybody, right? I get that feeling. That's part of the amazing journey, you know, is that you get to treat your your family and, and people you love to special opportunities it's not showing off it's sharing and making sure they feel special when you get to introduce your mom to jack nicholson like i did she gets to go home and be the most popular woman in the beauty <laughs> or i take her to dancing with the stars and she dances with you know the hot dancers and they pinch her butt or whatever they do she gets to be the queen of the town you can't buy that yeah so no matter what i do it doesn't matter what I do. It's that feeling that you know, hey, you know, your mom feels really good. She looks, you know, you get her hair and makeup before premiere. You get her all, you take her shopping. You get her all ready to go. And and that's the experience, right? There's nothing better than that. There's yeah. absolutely nothing better. And, you know, hopefully I can keep doing that. On and on as we go forward, but that's that, that is really an incredible experience. So that's hometown press, and that's savor it, hmm. savor it. And the, the other thing with along with that is that you know, I, I, once I you know I interviewed an actor who who had been nominated for an Academy Award, and she was in this new film, and she was telling me about how every time she goes home, her dad makes her mow the lawn. <laughs> And she loves it. She goes home, she mows the lawn. Like your, your daughter is nominated for an Academy Award, she's out there mowing the lawn. And you know what? Good. Good. Because when your family or your friends start treating you differently, gosh, you have to be very alert. You have to be very, very alert. Because they're the only thing that's keeping you, you. Mm. So I always say, hold on to your family, your faith, and your friends. Just hold on for your dear life. And if they start changing, if they start somehow being scared of you, I say, you need to tell them to knock it off. Mm. And this goes back to the idea that we create monsters and then they eat us. <laughs> we, we often create very famous people. And then if they lose their way, if they misunderstand fame, if they start believing everybody who's telling them that they're perfect, then they're, they're gone to you. They will no longer listen to you. And so I've had to fire people and people have let me go too because I won't just tell them what they want to hear. Mm. It's, just, it's not my job. Yeah. It's not my job. It never, never was. But you, you start seeing it with representatives especially so if your publicist or your agent or your manager people you love people you've been to their home for the holidays if they start acting scared around you you better check yourself you better check yourself if your family starts acting scared of you 
you better seriously check yourself and tell them to knock it off because they're the only people who are going to tell you the truth. And as an actor, you have to be so aware of who you are. So your craft is in jeopardy. You are no longer looking at the right reflection. Now you're looking at a funhouse mirror. Mm. And so how are you going to go in and dial into whatever emotional story you've got going on? How are you going to start with where you are and figuring out how, does I, how do I relate to this character if you have such a distorted view of who you are? Mm-hmm. So it is two things. It's one, your career becomes in jeopardy because you're, how do you represent somebody you're scared of? How do you make appropriate decisions? You don't. You can't. You make decisions that you think that they will like. So that's jeopardy. Yeah. The second part of that story, of course, is acting. You need to understand who you are, right? In relation to the world. You have to understand your place in the universe in order to figure out how to step out of that place and into another character, right? Yeah. So if people start getting scared, if they're telling you whatever you want to hear, you need to stop it. You need to make them stop and say, buddy, what are you doing? Man, you used to call me on this shite, right? And now you're like all about it? No, 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 no. I need you to be my friend. I need you to be my sister. Now your sister and brother are going to do whatever they want, right? And usually it's, you know, they're just being their sister and brother. But friends change dramatically. And fame is... Can be very, <laughs> can very be very lonely. Here's the thing. I've heard many people say, "You know what? Fame will never change me. I will not be changed by fame." That's what they'll say. And you know what? That sounds great. That sounds absolutely terrific. It sounds very noble, and it is impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Fame will change you. Now you can. Allow it to change you in a way that's hurtful, or you can allow it to change you in a way that you can use it as a tool. One of the ways fame changes you automatically is your privacy. You know, we live in a society where the public believes that they have every right to your story, whatever that story is, your, what, you, what you wore to your wedding to your bathroom habits. We feel like we, we deserve to know. And we demand to know, right? So your privacy will change. And that's life. Traveling changes. Going outside changes. Everything changes. Your opportunities change. Money changes you. Money changes you. And you have to say, okay, well, how am I going to not change in this negative way? How am I going to adapt in a way that I can continue to use fame as a tool and understand it's a tool without letting it eat me. (laughs) Because it will eat you. It's very easy to feel special in this town. It's very easy to feel special. And, you know, when I first started representing stars, I would get a lot of free offers. You know, you can come in and you can pull any jeans you want and we'll send you these shoes. And I never accepted anything. Not one thing. All these years. The reason is because... Why? (laughs) Why? 
what's the point? Do, do I need more free things? I can get my own stuff and, you know, and it's not about me. I understood what it was about and I appreciated it and I thought it was, it was very nice, but mm -mm, because that changes you. You know, I, I do get to fly first class with my clients. I do get to board that Sony jet once in a while. I do get that kind of treatment, but as soon as you start believing that somehow you're better, or somehow this is fixing your problem, or you're in, you're in huge trouble. Yeah, and, and it's it's challenging not to. It's very challenging not to. But again, that goes back to being able to call your mom every day, or your dad, or or your spouse, or or anybody. Whether it's your faith too. I know faith has been something a lot of folks hold on to. It's because it keeps them where they're where they need to be to do the work yeah. they need to do. Yeah. And people come out of the woodwork and they they feel like they they want a piece of you number one they and they also feel entitled to it and yeah. unfortunately we've we've created that culture and I think it it came from reality shows to tell you the truth I think yeah. that's where it probably <laughs> came from but then of course we fed into it and yeah. and, and now we're just tossing everything out there for yeah. for show it, yeah there's the the uh, there's the entitlement on the one side of fame where it's like, I feel entitled to these things. And then there's the entitlement of the consumer. Like I'm entitled to know more or the entitlement of, of people who, you know, may know you even vaguely. Um, yeah. And you have to so be nice. True. You have to be nice. There's no, because it's business, right? So I always tell new stars that they need to make their world small. They need to make their world small. So they, maybe they, pick up another email address that they use just for business. They secure a post office box instead of giving out their physical address. They are in touch with people who they know will love them no matter what. They make their world small. And they don't they don't try to create some sort of environment where they've an entourage or any of those other things that are, are in my in my opinion, just absolutely meaningless, mm. just just worthless, yeah. absolutely worthless, and just to, to watch and to be careful. But again, you know, if you've been starving for a while and you get something good going, hey, it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. But step by step by step by step, and you have to be able to go home. Again. And again, like I said earlier, ebbs and flows. You're not always going to be on the top. You're not always going to talk. So it's about your integrity. It's about your your character. It's about how you conduct yourself in life. All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed part two. I mean, this is shaping up to, you put it uh, really well last episode, AJ. You said this is a landmark interview, I think. Listening to part one, I haven't heard part two yet, but listening to part one, I, I think you're absolutely right. Steve is a fantastic human being, uh, and I'm really excited that uh, we have him on the show, and a big shout out to uh, Jen, our production coordinator, for, for making the connection. He's, he is, he practices what he preaches and, and practices what we talk about on the podcast a lot, which is just generosity. And he's been so generous, not only with our, not only with, you know, providing us with the interview, but also with our listeners and also with supporting the podcast moving forward. You know, he's, he's already offered to help us out a bunch of different ways. And it's, oh, it's just 
so amazing. The man, so amazing. the man gets it. He gets it. He gets it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally it is he gets it. And what's crazy is he gets it and he's in the unique position that he's in. He gets it and he's a publicist, <laughs> you know, because he, yeah. he, off the record, he didn't, he didn't name names or anything, but off the record, you know, he talked about some of the, well, and no, he, he mentions this a little bit in his interview as well. He talks about the unfortunate tactics that, that some publicists and actors can sometimes take to, to uh, you know, essentially turn, turn heads, gain yeah. eyeballs. Definitely. What's your, oh God, I just saw it. You so watched someone, it? Some, no, I, I just saw what it was on the outline. I have not watched it yet. Jasmine and I are planning on watching it, but I heard someone at work talking about it the other day. And I was like, oh, God, I am afraid to watch this movie because like you said on your Facebook post, it was like seeing the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I'm plugging from the Matrix. Yeah. So my pick of the week is a, is a documentary called Cowspiracy. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of people listening have already seen uh, it, at least seen the poster thing on Netflix because it just came out on Netflix. And it's already one of the most popular recommended offerings on Netflix and it ties in really nicely with the climate reality training uh, because as great as the climate reality training was there was very little information on the environmental impact of 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 an animal-based diet and you know AJ I know you were vegetarian for many many years I think at one point you stepped back into eating meat for a bit I don't know if you stuck with it did you are you still eating vegetarian or uh, I, I, no, I'm not vegetarian, but I don't, I don't consume a lot of meat these days. It's, um, it's mostly organic and, um, you know, I try to also, you know, buy local when possible. And for the most part, the, the, when I am consuming it, it's like maybe twice a week, maybe. Right. Um, and the, and the whole reason is this reason, the, cause I know the kinds of things they talk about in the film, even though I haven't seen it yet. Um, and it's, it's, it, it is, it has always been, it's why I was a vegetarian for six years, um, is for this reason. Yeah. So I'll just sum it up real quickly. The, the film is a documentary. It's this guy in San Francisco who, um, is very environmentally minded. And for some reason he couldn't find, uh, any information about the environmental impacts of, of, um, industrial grade farm. Well, really any, any farming of any kind with any domesticated animals, whether they're cattle or sheep or chicken or pigs or whatever. He couldn't find any information on these, on any of the leading environmental sites, climate reality project included, uh, you know, Sierra club, national resource defense council, Oceana, like, and he went and actually talked to these people and none of them would come forward and say anything about, yes, uh, you know, eating animals is more destructive to the environment than any other thing you could possibly do. And I, I knew this sort of abstractly. I've read a bunch of books and I, I knew just, you know, that it was a damaging thing. And I also don't eat meat very often. And for a long time I was vegetarian and, and also vegan for six months. And this movie just lays it out in such clear cut, such a clear cut way. Something about the way it presents the information just really landed with me. It's a very well done film, executive produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, and really got me to reconnect with what I am choosing to create in the world every time I eat an animal product. And he talks about it from every level, whether it's a factory farmed, you know, Big Mac, all the way down to the guy killing his own ducks in his own backyard, 
what are the numbers? How sustainable is it? How does it affect our spirits as human beings? And I don't want to get too, too, you know, new agey with it, but uh, I invite anybody listening to watch the documentary and see what it brings up for them. Because for me, it was very, very powerful. Uh, and I cannot recommend it enough. I would put it in the top five films, uh, most important films I've ever seen. Wow. And it perfectly timed, right? I just came back from this climate reality training where they mentioned agriculture, but not, not, you know, not as much as they mentioned oil and coal and fracking. And uh, frankly, they should have mentioned it just as much because it is that, as it, 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 it's that much of a problem. Wow. Well, yeah. I wonder if, um, I wonder if part of it is the lack of, um, the lack of research that the guy who made the documentary, mm-hmm. you know, had a hard time if that's the case or if people are so tight-lipped about it or buttoned up about it, maybe that's why um, they didn't talk about it very much there. I'll, I'll, I'll let you watch the documentary because they, they answer that question. Ooh. Yeah. Why, why is nobody talking about this? Watch the movie and find out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. can't wait. I'm so, so yeah, excited. Cow, cowspiracy.com. And your um, pick of the week is... It actually just ended, but they're going to post the, the keynotes later. So my pick of the week is um, called Emerging Women <clears throat> uh, or Emerging Women Live. It was this incredible um, multi-day, I think it was like three days long um, or four days long seminar type thing. It was like a, a, a conference. Um, and it's the third year they've done it. Um, so this was Emerging Women 2015. Um, but it's like this three or four day conference where they have all of these amazingly powerful women who are um, from all kind, like broad spectrum. Um, everyone from like doctors, engineers, uh, singer songwriters, women from other countries that literally started revolutions. I mean, it's amazing. And and of course, you know, Brene Brown and 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 some of the 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 more well known like sort of TED Talk. Uh, level women from the U.S. were all were sort of the the keynote speakers, right? The leaders of of this um, conference, um, and, and and I only got a chance to hear a few of them um, while while Jasmine and I were kind of around the house getting stuff done. And I'm really excited to watch um, the rest of them when they go uh, back onto the website because I guess there's like a, they take a couple days to produce them a bit and edit them and, and then put them back up on, on the website. But it was, it was being live streamed. And we just heard some of the most incredible, not, not just stories, but the empowerment. And it goes for, it's not just women, it's anybody. Um, I, I can't begin to tell you the stuff that I heard and how, how quickly just a, a little quote could impact, you know, my entire, uh, like, way thinking uh, there there was one woman who was a doctor who was talking about how when when people come into her practice now they are they're at risk for heart attack and they're having other you know um, issues with their body she asks them what else in your life needs healing and she's not wow. talking about physical health she's talking about mental health and 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 what's going on in their life and and getting to the bottom of like you know stories maybe they made up when they were kids and and how they are not taking care of themselves and if so why not and it, it's just amazing that's just one example. Um, there's this woman from Uganda who after generation after generation after generation of the status quo 
she sort of out of her own volition just said this can't be like this anymore and she completely revolutionized Uganda and the way that they treat women I mean it's just like what it, it's so incredible and, awesome. and and that's just like I said just a couple of examples of four days or, or whatever of this of this conference so um, the link is on our website great so that's the two really empowering uh, things to check out for our listeners Cowspiracy on Netflix and Emerging Women Live and the link to both of those are uh, on our website Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly, AJ Hunter, and of course, Trevor Elgett. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrick is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Elgett edited and mixed today's episode and composed our interview and theme music. Yes, you can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes over at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews there are hugely appreciated. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2GoGo.com, and thanks to you, our listeners. If you love Inside Acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career, sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks, like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups, discounts on merchandise, and much, much more. And right now, if you sign up, anyone who signs up after October 1st, basically when Steve's interviews uh, started to quote-unquote air, uh, we, have, we, have a, we have a number. I didn't know this last week, but we now have a number. We have 25 books to give away. We have 20 copies of Fine on Acting, which is Howard Fine, the, the famous acting teacher, Howard Fine's book on acting, and five copies of Write It to Win It, 39 Secrets from a Screenwriting Contest Judge. So what you can do is sign up as a member. We'll get in contact with you, and you just tell us which of the two books you want, and we will basically uh, send them to you. But we have a limited quantity, so if you would like to grab a free copy of one of those books, you can sign up as a member uh, starting anytime after October 1st. And I know there's already been a couple of people who have signed up, so uh, I have a feeling they're going to go fast. Uh, just visit InsideActing.net and click on the Membership tab to join. That is so freaking cool. And that's it for episode 211 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, and in the meantime, be like AJ and Jasmine and thrive in the transitions.